0: Joseph, God's sovereign hand in our lives. And as we went through this series, you'll see that truly God's hand was on the life of Joseph. And that God was moving in his life and working in his life many a times when it didn't even appear as though God was moving, God was working. I want to start by saying we're going to kind of finish up this series. And I had mentioned this a few weeks back, but Joseph is a type, if you will, of Christ. He is a picture, an example Of Jesus Christ, obviously, there in the New Testament. So, I want to share with you a couple verses and uh, just some of the ways that Joseph was a type of Christ this morning. So, notice in 1 Corinthians what the New Testament says. In 1 Corinthians, the Bible says this. In 1 Corinthians 10 6, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church and he talks about the Old Testament, he talks about the Old Covenant, and he talks about the stories and the events recorded there. And this is what he says about them. He says, These things occurred as examples. The word example is also the word type. As an example or a type to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. We don't have time to read the entire chapter, but in verse 11, a second time, Paul says this. He says this, These things happened to them Speaking of those in the Old Testament, in the old time, he says they were examples or they were types to us written down as warnings for us on the culmination of the the ages has come. Understand this, that a type is an example, it's a model. We may use the word prototype. Ever hear of the word prototype? You know, a manufacturer will make a prototype of something. I had a friend who was... Uh, kind of an inventor. He would make things, invent things, uh, patent them, and then sell them. And he was a member in our church, and he was always bringing in different gadgets. And he'd always say to me, this is the prototype. This isn't the exact, but this is what it's like. It's, it's to give you a picture of what's to come. Understand this. We, we see this in a moment, but Joseph was a prototype. He was a type or a pattern A foreshadowing of of Jesus Christ in the New Testament he was a type of of the Savior and I want to just throw out just a, a few examples as we've already studied the life of Joseph some of these will come to your memory and some of you who know the life of Joseph you'll go oh wow I never really thought about this think about it like this Joseph was loved by his father right his father loved him And cared for him. As Jesus, the Bible says, was the only begotten of God. But he was loved by his father. Joseph not only was loved by his father, but he had a special destiny. He had a special calling. In fact, uh, he was to become, if you will, the savior of the world. uh, Of that known world. Now, not savior like we know. Jesus as savior. But literally, he saved the world from the famine that was coming. Many scholars say this, that the name Zaphaphanea, the name that they gave Joseph, it meant this, they were told that they had to bow. And remember, of course, there's a day when Jesus, we will all stand before the Lord, and the Bible says that every knee will bow to the Lord Jesus Christ. The scholars say that in the Hebrew language that that word Zaphaphanea literally meant Savior, Savior of the world. And so we're seeing that there are a lot of types That Joseph was loved by his father as Jesus was. That he had a special calling and a destiny. We see that he was referred to as as the Savior. But we see this as well, that he was hated by his brothers without cause. And because of their envy and their jealousy, we see that in figure they literally, in, in essence, attempted to or put Joseph to death. He was sold by his brothers for the price of a slave. Do you know that Jesus himself was betrayed for the price of a slave? 30 pieces of silver. There's a lot of of picture here, a lot of foreshadowing. We see that Joseph, as we studied a couple weeks ago, that he had the ability... To resist temptation as he was tempted. And we see that Jesus himself was tempted by Satan. Remember, he went 40 days and 40 nights, and we see that he too was tested. But God gave him the ability, Jesus resisted temptation. We see that not only did he resist temptation, but we also see that he was the revealer of secrets. In fact, he was referred to as the revealer of secrets, one who could tell secrets. And do you remember the story of Jesus in John chapter 4 where he speaks to the the woman uh, there at, at the well? And as he speaks to the woman at the well, she runs back to the city and she says, Let me tell you about a man who knew everything about me, who knew all of my secrets. He was the revealer of secrets, he was a servant. Jesus was referred to as a servant. We see that Joseph was a servant. We see that he was falsely accused. Remember, falsely accused and thrown into prison. Jesus, too, was falsely accused by those who blasphemed and said that he is guilty of blasphemy. It's interesting. Some may not have ever caught this, and this is for a whole other study, but we see Joseph thrown into a pit. The Bible prophesies in Jeremiah that the Savior would be thrown into a pit. And I don't have time to preach on this or to teach this, but I've been there twice. If you go to Caiaphas' palace, Caiaphas' palace has been excavated. It's still in existence. In Caiaphas' palace, the night that Jesus was betrayed by Judas, taken by the, the Sanhedrin, taken by the guards, he was taken to Caiaphas' palace, and he was held there for a few hours. In Caiaphas' palace, there's actually a prison. There's a torture chamber. And in that torture chamber, unbelievable, there is a pit that you can walk into. It's one of the most surreal places I've ever been on planet Earth. There is a pit where they threw Jesus. And Jeremiah prophesies and speaks about how his feet came up out of the miry clay. Joseph was thrown into a pit. So too was Jesus thrown into a pit. Joseph was sent by God to Egypt to escape death. Do you remember when Jesus was born and as a baby and as a toddler? Remember, Herod was coming after him to kill him. Where did he go to flee death? Where did God send Jesus? Where did he send Joseph and Mary? Where sent them to Egypt to escape death? Do you see the, the typology? Do you see the foreshadowing? We see that his feet were bruised. We read a couple of weeks ago in Genesis, speaking of Joseph, that they put the iron collar around his neck, but it says this, that his feet were bruised. We know that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that his feet too were bruised. He was bruised for our transgressions and for our iniquities. We see that Joseph was given a Gentile wife. And do you understand something that you and I, I would say maybe, that maybe there's a couple of Jewish people here, but you and I, the church, were the Gentile bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see that? Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that awesome to see the typology? Everyone will bow the knee. He will be recognized as the Savior of the world. But I want to give you one other that I think is the most powerful, and that is this. Is that Jesus forgives us of our sin, amen? And Joseph, when we look at the story of Joseph, we think all that he went through, and we're going to look at just a couple passages just for a few moments this morning. But one of the greatest, I believe, pictures of Jesus Christ that Joseph demonstrates is the power to forgive. Forgiveness. Look with me in Genesis 42. I want to start here. And then we'll just look at a couple other passages. I promise it's going to be brief. We're going to be on point. We're already three-fourths of the way through. Can you believe that? But I also failed in fractions in high school. (laughs) Genesis 42, we'll put it here for you. I'm going to be quick. I'm going to be fast. But let's look at this subject for a moment or this picture that Joseph is of Christ in the power of forgiveness. The, st- the whole story really, yes, it is about God's sovereign hand in our lives and that God is at work and Joseph recognizing that when he, he speaks with his brothers. But I also want you to see the importance of forgiveness. It says in Genesis 42, it says this. This is before Joseph tells his brothers who he is. They've come and they bow down to him. They've come and... Uh, Joseph is, is testing them. And remember, if you've studied the story of Joseph, I don't have time to go into all the detail, but he's testing them, he's trying them. And he's, he, he's saying, I'm going to keep one of your brothers and you need to go back. And, I, and he's accusing them of being traitors and accusing them of being spies and that you're trying to just spy out the land. And, and he's, he's messing with them. And, he's, and they don't realize who Joseph is yet. And notice what happens. Notice what's said here in Genesis 42 Verse 20 through 24, it says, But you must bring your youngest brother to me. And this is Joseph's blood brother, his full brother Benjamin that he's speaking of. He says, You need to bring him back to me so that your words may be verified and that you may not die. They're afraid that they're going to die. This they proceeded to do. Listen to what they do. They don't know that Joseph can understand them and Joseph knows who they are but they said one to another listen to these words surely we are being punished because of our brother we saw how distressed he was when he pleaded with us for his life but we would not listen that's why this distress has come on us Reuben replied didn't i tell you notice the wording here not to sin against the boy but you wouldn't listen Now we must give an account for his blood. They did not realize that Joseph could understand them since he was using an interpreter. Joseph was testing them and he was trying them. And we don't have time to go into all of that. And I'd encourage you sometime to read these few chapters, Genesis 42 through Genesis 50. And and, and he's testing them and he's trying them and he wants to see their heart and he wants to see his brother Benjamin. But it's interesting because as we've studied, understand this, that this is, this is over 20 years later. And over 20 years later, here's his brothers talking and arguing amongst themselves. And do not miss this. They're carrying the guilt of what they did to their brother. And they're saying, we're getting what we deserve." This is because of what we did to our brother. And they begin to kind of argue and they begin to kind of debate. And, and the point is this is that they've carried the guilt of their sin against their brother for all these years. Go with me to Genesis 45. Genesis 45, we'll put it up here. We read this last week. In Genesis 45, Beginning in verse 3, it says this, Joseph said to his brothers, this is when he is finally going to tell them. This is after they went home and they were home for months, upwards of possibly a year, we don't know how long, they bring Benjamin back. Notice what happens. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. And when they had done so, he said, I am your brother, Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save the lives that God sent me ahead of you. He said, it was God who did this. It was God who was in control. And he says, don't be angry with yourselves. For two years now, there has been famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me. Notice again, it's God who's in control. It was God who did it. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then... It was not you who sent me here. Notice, but God. Aren't you thankful for that, for that but God? He kept saying, but God. It was God. It was God. It was God. He made me a father to Pharaoh, Lord of his entire household, and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me. You, your children and your grandchildren, your flocks and your herds and all that you have. I will provide for you there because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. You can see for yourselves and so can my brother Benjamin that it is really I who am speaking to you. Tell my father about all the honor accorded me in Egypt and about everything you have seen and bring my father down here quickly. Then, notice these words, he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and he weeps. Can you picture this? He weeps. It's been 22 years. Benjamin embraced him weeping, but he doesn't stop there. Listen to these words. And he kissed all his brothers and he wept over them. And afterwards, his brothers talked with him. He forgave them. Thirteen years of suffering. Let me remind you of this little timeline. Joseph was a 17-year-old young man when his brothers, out of jealousy and envy and hatred, literally a hatred, sold their brother as a slave. He was 17 years of age. 13 years Joseph suffers and we've studied the life of Joseph and the suffering he went through. A number of those years he was a slave. A number of those years he was then falsely accused, thrown into prison. And as he's in prison and he's suffering, he interprets the dreams, remember? He interprets the dreams uh, of the cupbearer and the baker and he says, remember me. Remember me when you go and you speak to Pharaoh. And the Bible says that, that the cupbearer forgot about Joseph and when he went and he interprets the dream, Joseph is forgotten, but he's not forgotten by God. Amen. The Bible says two full years after he interprets the dreams, that's a lot of years that he spends in prison. We don't know how long, but it could have been seven or eight or nine years that Joseph's in prison. And finally, after two full years, when Pharaoh begins to have the dreams and God sends the warnings to Pharaoh through the dreams, Joseph is at the right place at the right time because God strategically put him there because God is sovereign and God is in control. Amen, church. And nothing happens by accident. He interprets the dreams of the Pharaoh. And when he interprets the dreams of the Pharaoh, he's 30 years of age. When Joseph is going to have this encounter with his brothers and when he finally says, I am am Joseph, if you read it carefully there, it's two years into the famine. It means this, that that he's 39 years of age and it's 22 years since his brothers sold him as a slave. But understand this, we think about the suffering of, of, of Joseph, but let me remind you of something. His brothers were suffering too. They were suffering the guilt and the shame of what they did to their brother. As we read in Genesis 42, Joseph heard them with his own ears. He heard them as they argued and they were upset. And they're carrying the guilt of what they have done. And even as the one brother says to the other brother, this is happening to us. We're being repaid for the sin against our brother. And what we see here is Joseph saying this. In essence, that he had forgiven them. He says, don't be angry with yourselves. Don't do it. He says, it was God who did it. It was God who sent me here. And we see Joseph literally embracing. And by the way, it was Joseph loving them first. Did you get that this morning? It was Joseph loving them first, even though all that they had did to him and all that he had gone through, Joseph loved them first. And we love him, the Bible says, because he first loved us. Joseph initiated the restoration with his brothers. He initiated it. And he said, in essence, I forgive you, and that God had a bigger purpose, and God had a bigger plan, and he takes Benjamin, and he weeps over him, and he hugs him, and he kisses him, and I can you know, just imagine as he weeps, but then I'm sure his brother's standing there thinking, well, that's only because that's his blood brother, and that's because he wasn't a part of the plot against him, and he had nothing to do with it, but then Joseph begins to go, and the Bible says he embraces every single one of his brothers, and he weeps over over them and then he says this bring your whole family bring your children bring your flocks bring our father back and I'm going to provide for you and I'm going to take care of you and you know what Joseph's word was good he did that he forgave his brothers one more passage you ready Genesis chapter 50 because that's not the end of the story Genesis chapter 50, it says, and after burying his father, Joseph returned to Egypt. Their father died. You'll have to study the passage here, but they all, the whole family goes back and they go back to Israel, they go back to the land of Canaan, and they bury their father, Jacob, who's Israel, the name of the country of Israel. they bury him, they come back. Now notice what happens. After burying his father, Joseph returned to Egypt together with his brothers and all the others who had gone with him to bury his father. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us? And pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him. So they sent word to Joseph. Saying, your father or our father. They left these instructions before he died. Now let me say this. There's nowhere in the Bible that these instructions were given. Okay? Meaning this. There was no instruction by their father to do this. But notice what they ask and what the instructions were. You guys got that? The instructions, okay? This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you, can you say the next words with me, to forgive your brothers. The sins and the wrongs they, commi- they committed in treating you so badly. Now please say the next word with me. Forgive. Forgive. The sins of the servants. Notice what he calls them, servants of the God of your father. Listen to these words. When their message came to him, when it came to Joseph, what does Joseph do? He weeps. He's broken. Why do you think Joseph wept? Why do you think he was broken? You know why? He had already forgiven them. His brothers then came to him and threw themselves down. They fall on their face before him. They throw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. Notice what he says. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them, and he spoke kindly to them. Joseph had already forgiven them. Are you listening to me, church? The brothers, this is the thing that gets me. In Genesis chapter 47, the Bible says that Jacob lived in the land of Egypt for over 17 years. This means that Joseph had forgiven his brothers that day that he embraced them and he hugged them and he said, you're forgiven. And he said, God, you meant it for evil. God meant it for good. And, and he says, "God, it was all a part of God's plan. And Joseph hugged them and he embraced them and he forgave them. Please listen carefully here. Listen to this. And then he says, I'll provide for you and I'll take care of you. And, he, and it says he, he was kind to them. 18 years later, when their father dies, what do the brothers do? They come and they create a plan and a scheme and they say, our father told us to tell you that you're supposed to forgive us. And they even say this, we'll be your slaves. And Joseph, the Bible says, he wept, he was broken, and he spoke kindly to them and and he forgave them. And here's here's the correlation. You say, what does this have to do with us today? It's, It's this. It's that it's so sad that Joseph's brothers were already forgiven and they were still living with the guilt for 18 years. You say, what does this have to do with me today? Joseph is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the greatest pictures of or foreshadowing that Joseph is of of Christ is the ability and the power to forgive. And can I say this to you? That if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've been born again and you believed upon Him, your sins are forgiven. Amen? But you know, many a times, we're like Joseph's brothers, that even though we've accepted Christ and our sins are forgiven, we don't really believe that our sins are forgiven. Come on now. And the enemy will will try to rob us of our joy. And I think about Joseph's brothers, that they could have enjoyed 18 years of of good fellowship with their brother. They could have enjoyed, if you will, the joy of, of living like kings, if you will, in Egypt. But instead, they were fearing for their lives. And it is sad to say this, but there are so many Christians who are not living in the liberty of being forgiven for their sin. Because the devil oftentimes will throw it up in our face and say, do you remember what you did a long time ago? Do you remember that? Come on now, am I bearing witness? Yeah. The enemy will throw it up in our face. And the reason why is because the enemy wants to rob us of the joy, in the, the joy of being in fellowship with Christ. Amen? He wants to hold us in the grip of guilt Shame. One last verse, Romans chapter 8 verse 1. I love this. Romans says this, Paul says, therefore there is now, there is now, that's present, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, your sins are forgiven. The Bible says they're cast as far as the east is from the west, amen? The Bible says this, God says it like this, never to be remembered again. God has the ability to forgive and forget. Aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful? You say, well, I can't do that. That's why we're not God, right? I can say this, Joseph forgave his brothers. He he couldn't forget what they did to him. And he never forgot it, but he did forgive them. And when you accept Christ and when you are in Christ, there is no longer any guilt or any shame. There is no condemnation when you're in Jesus Christ. Amen, church? But many times we're like Joseph's brother's. Eighteen years, they were carrying the guilt and carrying the shame of the sins against their brother that Joseph had already forgiven them. And when Joseph found out that they were still carrying it, Joseph was broken and he wept and he, and he spoke kindly to them. May I say this to you, if you are in Christ, your sins are cast as far as the east, is from the west, buried in the depths of the deepest sea, never to be remembered again. They were under the blood of Jesus Christ, and we should live in that liberty and in that freedom. Amen? And we should rejoice. We are forgiven. And not only that, Joseph cared for them, and he provided for them. Aren't you thankful that our Savior not only forgives us of our sin, but that beyond that, he provides for us. And someday, he will provide an eternal home for us with him in glory. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Let's stand and have a word of prayer.